0: I, or last week, I guess it was, I taught on budgeting and I, I talked about how, uh, you know, uh, uh, I've had several friends in my life that are alcoholics get sober. And then they asked, they've asked me or we've had the conversation of what do I do with that now? You know, my sobriety, what, how, do I, how do I help other people? Well, you, my, my comment on that is you help other people through it. Um, I can't help somebody get sober. Um, I'm not an alcoholic and I've not gone through that sobriety process. I don't know uh, the ins and outs. I don't know the pains that 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 you go through. I don't I can't I, I can empathize, but I can't sympathize. I've not been through it. Um, so it's difficult for me to lead somebody else through that. That said, I do have my own addictions that I've overcome. and um, and I feel like the the victories that you have in life become your obligations. Um, the, the things that you've overcome in your life ultimately end up becoming your ministry, if you will. It becomes the things that you have to help other people with. that's it's part of what you're calling. That's part of what you're asked to do in this world. And last week I talked about budgeting. Absolutely had some horrible um, habits that uh, I think have been passed down potentially for generations uh, in my family. If, if not passed down, they certainly weren't talked about. And so uh, you're left to your own devices when nobody's teaching you, right? So last week I talked about budgeting. This week I'm gonna talk about time, a little time management. Uh, this is another one of my real addiction problems I had uh, was my, uh, my time management. And, um, it's not something I feel like I've mastered. I don't know that you ever master time management. Um, honestly, I, from people who have addiction issues, I, I've also heard you never really master your addiction. It's something that you are faced with every day, right? And you, you consciously have to decide that you're not going to go back to it. So for, for time management sake, this is something I am constantly paying attention to. I'm constantly, um, Uh, going over and looking at and and asking questions of others that I respect, how they manage their time. Uh, But what I put out there as an advertisement for this is, you know, do you ever feel like you, you, you need to know how to get it all done? Really, here's the questions. Here's the kind of a litmus test for you. Do you ever feel like you're flying by the seat of your pants? Do you ever feel like every day you just get up and you run with your hair on fire until you crash in bed at night? And you've just been flying by the seat of your pants all day. Another question: when you're with your family, do you feel that you're guilt, you feel guilty that you're not working? Whenever you're hanging out with your family, do you ever feel guilty that you aren't working? And and reverse, when you're working, do you ever feel guilty that you aren't with your family? Now, I guarantee you, if you didn't answer yes to one of those questions, you're a liar. (laughs) <laughs> look, I feel like I'm the one teaching this and I still answer yes to some of those questions periodically because sometimes I'm with my family and I'm like, man, I should be working right now. And sometimes I'm working and I feel like I should be with my family. And, and there are days I feel like I didn't plan my day well and I'm spending the day flying by the seat of my pants. Uh, nobody always answers those questions. No, nobody. Everybody has a yes at least once in a while on those questions. And that's really the test of whether you have a time management issue or not. Um, and this is, look, I, I, at least once a quarter, I review my schedule and make sure that, you know, what I'm doing is productive and it's, it's, it's bringing back a return that I'm looking for. Um, and so uh, when I'm doing that, I'm, I, it's because I've answered yes to one of these questions. I, <clears throat> people have said, why do you know, how do you know when to review your schedule again, Fitz, when I'm answering yes to one of these questions? If I go through a day, And I recognize this pretty quickly now because I've been at this a while. When I go through a day and I feel like that day I have flown by the seat of my pants. At the end of the day, I go, golly, I feel like I accomplished nothing today. But yet I was so busy. Oh, I need to look at my schedule. (laughs) It just hits me like, oh, if if ever I'm hanging with the family, maybe our family is a big soccer family. We've been to a lot of soccer games over the years. And if we're at a soccer game and suddenly I feel guilty that I'm not working, I go, oh, I need to review my schedule. The only reason that you feel those things is because you're not planned. So when I recognized that I had a problem, I started asking around how to get it fixed. One of the first books I was recommended was Getting Things Done by David Allen. I don't even know if that's the current. I mean, they, they change the, the the cover of this book all the time. It is a bestseller uh, for a reason. The subtitle, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. So um, I don't know that stress is ever completely eliminated. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you're alive if you don't have stress. Uh, but it, the idea being you're getting things done and you don't feel overwhelmed by it. You're getting things done. And you don't feel stressed about it. You don't feel anxious about it. I'm not going to really dive into this book today, but it is the first book I recommend when I'm talking about time management, getting things done. Huge book. Pick it up at your nearest Amazon uh, online store. Okay. The second book I'm going to talk about, and I think there's three books total I refer to you in this, in this, uh, in this talk. And, and it just means you got to plan time to read, but we'll talk about that later. So, uh, this book is thinking grow rich by Napoleon Hill, my friend, Diane Lampy, huge Napoleon Hill fan and advocate, uh, and, and part of that, uh, that, that community she is, uh, this book was, uh, is absolutely a cornerstone. Uh, if ever you're reading self-development books that, uh, that have bibliographies. If they don't have "Think and Grow Rich" in there, they're lying. Uh, and, and a lot of books don't put you know bibliographies in the back. Uh, this is absolutely foundational. If you've not read it, you should. Uh, this is one of those study books. You know, don't just read it, study it. Um, but Napoleon Hill, not to give you a book report on it, but really he was commissioned by Andrew Carnegie, who at the time was the wealthiest man in the world, later surpassed by Rockefeller. But um, and and since then, I guess. Is Elon Musk now number one? It doesn't matter. But Andrew Carnegie said, "Hey, I want you. I want to tell you my story of of how I went from being a, a Scottish immigrant to being the wealthiest man in the world." And, uh, and on top of that, Napoleon Hill also interviewed other uh, industry titans that had. Um, and, and actually, there's other books out there called "The Titans" where they they had these different. Uh, tycoons that were interviewed by Napoleon Hill. And he put together a series of books, not just one, but Think and Grow Rich has been the most prominent. Uh, this screenshot says there's over 15 million copies sold worldwide. I'm sure that has grown since this uh, this screenshot was taken. Uh, it is just one of those foundational books. And in his book, something about time management that, always, that, that captured my attention the first time I read it, and, uh, and so I wrote it down, was this. A few points here. There, this is from Napoleon Hill. There's a cumulative value to investing small amounts of time in certain activities over a long period of time. There's a, I'm not going to reread it. You, you got it on your screen. <laughs> I'll say it again. There's a cumulative value to investing small amounts of time in certain activities over a long period of time. So an example would be working out. All the examples are going to be related to working out today because it's something that we can all relate to in one way or another. But if you walk, studies show that if you walk briskly 30 minutes a day, you're going to live a longer and healthier life. Studies show. That's not a huge time commitment, 30 minutes. It's, it's also studies show that if you make an hour's worth of dials and then get up and, and, and go uh, you know, get some water and, and and come back, that you can make another hour. There, there is a, a cumulative value to those small amounts of time. You don't have to go walk a marathon um, in order to, uh, to live a longer and healthier life, just 30 minutes a day, not a big deal. Number two, there are rarely any immediate consequences for neglecting single installments of time in any arena of life. There are rarely any immediate consequences for neglecting single installments of time in any arena of life. There is nothing wrong with having a Big Mac. There's nothing wrong with having a Big Mac. There's nothing wrong with that. A Big Mac. (laughs) A-1. There is a problem in making a diet of big macs <laughs> that's a problem now could you make better choices than eating a big mac sure but if you go have a big mac it's not like it's highly unlikely it is incredibly improbable that you eat that big mac and drop dead of a heart attack it wasn't the big mac that caused it it was the thousand big macs prior okay there are rarely any immediate consequences so for example if you are from a working out perspective you miss a workout a workout not a big deal so that 30 minutes a day you live longer if you're walking briskly, right? But if you miss a day, not a big deal. A day, single installment of time. Number three, neglect has a cumulative effect. So back to the example of working out. If you miss a year of working out, there is a big effect. If you if you miss a decade of eating right, <laughs> there is a there is a big effect. Neglect has a cumulative effect, and you know, I've got family history of heart issues. And so I've been really proactive in making sure that my heart is healthy. So when I say this, don't let it freak you out. I have a cardiologist. (laughs) I'm 47 and I have a cardiologist. I had an echo uh, test done during Christmas and they came back and they said, your echo is looking great. That's fantastic because my dad died of heart problems. I'm being proactive on this. And in this process, one of the things I've learned is some of the decisions I've made over the last 20 years have had a cumulative effect on me. And, and it's funny, like suddenly a, a friend dies. And so you're scared uh, of, of having the same problems, so you start working out hard and you're like, why am I not healthier faster? <laughs> because it took you 20 years to get into this shape, man. It's not going to take you a week to get out of it. It's going to take you a while to get back into to where you should be because neglect has a cumulative effect. It's not a big deal if you miss your kid's birthday. Matter of fact, I think for the first 10 years of my kid's life, they didn't know when their birthday actually was. We decided when it was every year and celebrated it on that day because when they're two, they don't know that August 3rd is their birthday. They just know that they got a whole bunch of balloons and a cake and and everybody was happy and gave them presents, right? They don't really care what day it was. So now when they're 16, they do care. They want that car or a license or whatever. Okay. But if you're always missing your kids' birthdays, things, it's not a big deal if I miss one of my kids' soccer games, but if I miss all of their soccer games, that's a problem that has a cumulative effect. Number four, there's no cumulative value to the urgent things that we allow to interfere with our important things. No cumulative value to the urgent things that we allow to interfere with our important things. Those of us who have kids of certain age right now that don't have cell phones yet, but constantly are asking us for hours. Any, any parents like that like your kid doesn't have an iphone yet but they're constantly asking you for yours so they can play games on it am i the only one i'm the only one okay so last night we went to dinner with some friends and um we had a table for the kids mind you our kids range from 19 to 10 let's go with 10 i think he's 10 uh that's the two families ranging that age there's six kids and uh the four adults were sitting over here um and my daughter my 11 year old daughter just walks up and is standing next to my wife, just Is it getting awkward yet? She's just standing there. And uh, we're trying to, we're actually having a really deep conversation as adults tend to do. And uh, I finally just looked over and go, what do you want? Now, she knows not to just barge in and, and just start talking because, you know, adults are talking and you're 11. So she knows that at least there's there, but she's like, I just want to get mom's phone. there's <laughs> like, take it, take it, take my phone, just go away. So um, there's no cumulative value to those urgent things that we allow. To, there's no cumulative value to our kids asking us for our phone, right? Uh, that we, we can't allow those to interf- interfere with our important things. We're all given an equal opportunity. We're given 24 hours in a day. I always wonder how uh, people who are born in a third world country uh, immigrate into the United States and become billionaires. I always, or at least at least significant millionaires. I wonder how they do that when people who are born here with every single opportunity don't accomplish the same things. There's lots of reasons, but one thing is how one group uses their time versus how another uses theirs. So another book, I think this is the last book I reference you to is First Things First, another time management cornerstone. I don't know how many cornerstones there can be, but on a Square building, I guess maybe there's four. So uh, I don't know. I'm not a builder, but uh, first things first, Stephen Covey. Uh, this is Time Management 101 book, man. I, if you hear people talking about it, uh, Time Management, they're going to reference this book over and over and over again. In the book, he spends his time talking about these four quadrants. And this is really the reason I decided to talk on this today on the DCC, uh, is because recently we've talked about the four quadrants and people keep bringing it up. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I want to teach on it uh, and just kind of give my my take on things. So basically, Stephen Covey says we should break, and our our time is broken up into these four categories. Now, I'll I'll dive into them deep, but quadrant one is things that are urgent and important. Quadrant two, not urgent and important. Quadrant three, urgent, but they're not important, like 11-year-old asking for the phone. It was very urgent for her, uh, but was significantly not important. And then, and then number four, not urgent, not important. So let's break it down. According to Stephen Covey, these are his words. In the first box, crises, pressing problems, deadline-driven projects, meetings, and preparations. Uh, I like to think of quadrant one as a heart attack. That is urgent and important. you got to drop everything that's going on in your life and take care of this right now. Again, those of us who've had kids that choke on things. That is a quadrant one thing. You don't say, you know what? You're choking. Let me give it a t- some time. We'll chill. I'll come back in about a, an hour and see how you're doing. And no, if your kid's choking on something, you've got to drop everything and resolve that issue. That's an urgent and important issue. I'm not saying that quadrant one is a problem. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. We all are always going to have quadrant one issues. What I am saying is you can eliminate a lot of quadrant one issues by focusing on quadrant two, not urgent, but important. So you see how Stephen Covey finishes his list in the first box with preparations. And the second one, he starts with preparation. How can basically the same word one's plural, one's singular, how can the same word be in two different quadrants? It's really all about how you are um, addressing it. I, I, <clears throat> those of us who have studied at some point, um, when I was in school, I was a procrastinator. Uh, I was a big fan of waiting to the last minute. Listen, I could, I could drink a six-pack of Jolt and take some no and I'd be up for a couple of days. I could knock out a 50-page paper with a proper bibliography and get a solid C on that paper, man. Like, that was something I could totally do in college. Um, that was quadrant one for me. On the other hand, I started dating this girl um, back in 1996. Her name is Heather now it's Heather Fitzgerald, uh, and she was she was uh, this 19-year-old that was like, she enjoyed life, but she also understood studying a little bit at a time, so that when it came time for our finals uh, each semester, she was going to bed at like eight o'clock at night, uh, and um, and then getting up refreshed in the morning and having a nice healthy breakfast and going to her exam, and, and she made Dean's List more than I did, whatever, so, um, <laughs> but me, but we both have a degree from the same university in the same amount of time, so get some of that, but that's, That's the difference between, but in this preparation, the 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 urgent versus the not urgent. Okay, Uh, GPAs don't matter once you're an adult. Okay, the other parts of this uh, under this quadrant: prevention, values clarification, planning, relationship building, empowerment, inspecting what you expect. If you expect something from yourself, you got to inspect it. Like like. Working on my schedule is a quadrant two thing. When I'm constantly reviewing my schedule, uh, at least every quarter, that's a a quadrant two thing. When you're making dials to book appointments, typically that's a quadrant two thing. If you're making dials to book appointments because the rent is due at the end of the month, that tends to be more of a quadrant one thing. Like you you neglected the not urgent things when you were supposed to take care of them. And now it's gotten urgent, like you're about to be evicted from your apartment. Um, I've been there, done that. And and then I learned time management. Uh, uh, If quadrant one is a heart attack, quadrant two is eating broccoli. (laughs) Okay. Like it's not, doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal, but remember neglect has a cumulative effect. So does doing the right thing. It also has a cumulative effect. Quadrant three, quadrant three and four, I go, why are, why should we even talk about these? They're not important. Literally it says so right there on the page. But you get the idea, interruptions, some phone calls, some mail or email, some reports, some meetings, many proximate pressing matters, many popular activities. Uh, typically, quadrant three are things that other people think are urgent, um, but, and, they, and they've put that urgency on you. Uh, I often use the example of, hey, your buddy calls you up. It's like, hey, we got, we got tickets to the Cowboys. Uh, it's Saturday. They're, they're calling you, and they say, we've got tickets to the Cowboys Sunday at noon. Can you go? That's That's more of urgent, but it's not important. I mean, unless you play for the Cowboys. Uh, it's really not important that you're at the game. I mean, a cheerleader. I know they they kind of get paid to be there. The, the owner doesn't even really need to be there, right? So it's it's that that filters it out. And then finally, the not urgent, not important uh, trivia, busy work, some phone calls, time wasters, escape activities, irrelevant mail, excessive TV. Stephen Covey did not know this when he was writing the book, but social media can be a quadrant for Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. You getting on the gram? um we're all guilty of it of getting on there and and spending way too much time on there and and truthfully listen the average american lives their life in quadrant 1 that's why they're constantly burned out and exhausted and they relax in quadrant 4 they relax in quadrant 4 doing things that are not urgent and not important when the wealthy of the us they they work and relax in quadrant 2 at least 80% of the time. Just soak that in for a second. You can relax and work in the same quadrant. Yeah, if you're doing it right, you're doing it right. So let's talk about that. This filter, by the way, is something I'm constantly using. So um, if if you and I were having a coaching conversation right now and I got a phone call from my wife, Heather, listen, I have already decided that Heather is more important than any of y'all, okay? She's way... as I say to my kids, y'all gonna leave here one day, but I still am gonna be living with her. So it's more important my relationship with my wife is good than it is with my kids. I'm just saying they're gonna leave me, so but, she, but hopefully she's not. I'm gonna work on that. So she's already more important. Already decided that. So if I'm getting a phone call from her, what I'll do is, is is typically I'll just real quick on the button on the iPhone. I don't know what it is on Android, but I just push a button that says, "Hey, I'm on a call. Uh, can I call you later?" Right. Uh, I I used to have it. It said, is it important? Of course it's important. It's your wife dummy. So I changed that. Like she didn't like those words. I I didn't like that. Anyway. So now I just say, can I call you later? Sometimes the answer is no, I need to talk now. Okay. Well then pause on you. I'm talking to her. Or um, most of the time it's like, yeah, I just want to discuss plans or dinner or whatever. Okay. That can, that can happen. Once I have uh, gotten out of something that's uh, more important. So I'm constantly filtering my, my time using these thoughts. But I want to show you how to use this and, and now create your schedule. So um, by the way, if you are using our 13-week tracker, the activity tracker, the the spreadsheet that, that Fitz built uh, for himself and made available to everybody, it's available through Bootcamp, by the way, all the, the TFG files you will need, you can get it under there. I think it's the third folder reporting and tracking. Um, but this is actually in there what I'm showing you right now, in case you didn't know that it's just hidden as a tab. So in your, if you're in that spreadsheet and you right, click on it and say unhide, you have, there's choices, more choices on there. You can unhide and, um, and actually, uh, show them in that, in that activity tracker, but this is not activity tracker training. Anyway, I'm making this pretty right here so that it looks good. But, but typically when I'm coaching somebody on time management, it's funny. A lot of times I'm looking over here. I have these, uh, If I'm coaching, a lot of times I'm using a camera and a legal pad. And a lot of times I've got, I've still got one drawn up on my legal pad over here. I don't today. It's funny, but uh, you can just do a legal pad. You know, you don't have to have a big fancy spreadsheet, make it all pretty like I did on this. I did this mostly for presentation sake, but you take a piece of paper and across the top, you write Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and down the side, you write these times, like you see here, uh, starting at seven, let's say, and going every 30 minutes until about 11 o'clock at night. Uh, which really takes you to 1130 because that's the 11 to 1130 block. This is, we're building a schedule here, not a calendar, a schedule. What's the difference? A calendar has appointments on it. A schedule has blocks of time. That's the difference to me. I don't know what Webster would say about that, but that's how I feel. So the first thing you've got to put in your schedule is education. This is a not urgent, but important thing. If you're not spending time educating yourself, You're going to get to a situation where a client needs a product and you don't know the answer because you haven't been spending time studying the products. Education needs to go in first. Who you are today is not who your family needs tomorrow. Your family needs you to be better tomorrow than you are today. The only way you're going to get there is with education. So there's lots of opportunities for education. (laughs) there's lots uh you you, sometimes you got to pick and choose because we're not professional educators as far as that's not how we make our money we make our money by working and so you got to balance that a little bit what i am putting in this example is the tfg dcc this is obviously in in uh central time uh nine to to ten i blocked off for the for the fitz group dcc monday through thursday now if you want to add in a product call or a wednesday call or an activity call or you know uh, the the IUL annuity clinic. You want to add. There's all these other additional things that you can toss in there for education. Uh, if you want to read books, you can put in your schedule when you're going to read every day, uh, and and just make sure you're doing it at that time. But but to keep things simple, what I did here was just just block off the TFG DCC. Next, you're going to go to the activity tracker, and this is an easy thing to do. Oh, by the way, ooh, when I was talking about budgeting last week, if you're not making money, it doesn't matter how you budget it. Okay. So if you went through that budgeting talk last week, you're like, I got to put together my budget. No, man, you got to make a phone call, book an appointment, go make a sale, get that thing issued and get paid. Now you have something to budget. So don't, don't put the cart before the horse. Like some people go through this time management thing. oh, I can even put my schedule together. No, you don't. You got leads in your hands. You need to make phone calls right now. Well, what am I booking my appointments for the next two days? <laughs> you don't need to worry about time management. You need to work. <laughs> once you're working, then you can budget your time. But until you're working, you got all kinds of time. So just use it, right? But once you're moving forward, you're going to refer back to your activity tracker. Again, not an activity tracker teaching today, but it actually tells you how much you need to do. So right here on the left hand side, it tells you based on our number, our averages, what you need to do. Oops. And, and on the right hand side, it'll update you based on what your activity is, what you need to do. And we can do another teaching on the activity tracker soon, but this is just the right here. It's just telling you, you need to make 130 dials per week is what that's telling you right there. Okay. So you go to your calendar and you block it off. Now I know everybody's got, um, the top producers all have their opinions of when the best time to make phone calls is and when the best time to run appointments is. I'll be honest. I don't really care. Uh, my, My thing was I made Sunday night dials and I booked appointments for Monday night, Tuesday night. Here's the magic of it. It's not the day that you're doing it it's that you're making your dials. And then within 48 hours, you're running those appointments. That's really the magic. Um, I've heard every, actually all of these panelists have different opinions about, about when to make your dials and when to book your appointments. Again, if you're not making sales yet, when to make your dials, we're going to be done with this call in about 15 minutes. I'd suggest then start making dials, start booking appointments. There's no magic time get to work. Right. But, but once you're working and you're feeling like you're fine by the seat of your pants, and you feel guilty that you're hanging out with your family uh, and you need to be working. You only did that because you didn't work when you were supposed to. So now it's now it's now now you're blocking this off. What I put here was there's two different uh, f- dial times. There's Thursday morning and there's Thursday evening. And then you're running your appointments on Friday and Saturday. I'm building you an example. This may not work for you. Uh, I'd recommend getting with somebody to help you with this. Then on the activity tracker, you can actually look at the building side of things. By the way, if, if you want to solely personally produce, that's basically your week, unless you want to do it a second time and double up on the money, okay? And you just, then you're just making dials on Monday and run appointments Tuesday, Wednesday, make dials Thursday, run appointments Friday, Saturday. There are plenty of personal producers who do that, but I wanted to build also. So I need to schedule in, when was I doing my interviews? When was I coaching? Again, the activity tracker will tell you, based on your activity, how many interviews you need to be booking every week. And then you just fill those in in your calendar. Now in this example, example in this example, I basically set the interview at the uh, bottom of the hour at the bottom of the hour and, and then in between those gaps I put in coaching conversations. Why? I'm never late for an interview. I'm never late for an interview. Um, that's my first impression with that person. And if my first impression is I'm five to ten minutes late, they can't trust me they can't trust me simple something simple like being on time what else can't they trust me with so the it's important for me to be on time for the interviews that's why I like having the coaching call right before it and right after it because if my interview is running over i can go ahead and flick on the zoom and the coaching call can listen to me do the interview or or if i'm done with the, the coaching interview i know i got an interview next i can say hey man i got to go i got an interview click i'm done with that zoom i'm on to the interview it, it, it gives me some cushion uh, because the coaching conversation, I've already made an impression with them. Um, and with the interview, I'm getting a first impression. You never get a second chance for that. So that's blocking off interviewing and coaching. And then you fill in the gaps, everything else. Well, I have people say, I don't like doing paperwork. But, you know, paperwork is how we get paid. So until you have staff, you got to do it. <laughs> you just got to do it. Uh, and and, and if you're not good at paperwork, I'd say that's the first staff you need to hire is somebody to help you with paperwork because that's how we get paid. If you don't have your paperwork complete, the insurance companies don't issue the policies. You don't get paid. It's not good. What are you doing this for? So I'd just put it here. Admin every morning. I loved doing my admin at night before I went to bed. I would look at the website and see, uh, with that carrier did what changed? Nothing changed. All right. I'm making notes of this app, this app, this app. The next morning I'm calling the insurance company and I'm talking to somebody about that application and what I got to do to get it passed through What I'm showing you here, I don't know anybody that works this schedule. Honestly, but what I'm showing you is you have all of Sunday free. (laughs) You have dinner with the family Monday through Wednesday, right? You got Thursday after all afternoon free. Maybe you go play golf or something, pick up a habit good one you go walking exercise something but you got plenty of free time you got plenty of time to get your personal production done you got plenty of time to get your building done you have plenty of time to get the admin done what i'm showing you here if you did this let's call it a 40-hour work week 50-hour work week listen you're going to make 250,000 a year following the schedule sorry not sorry so if you're not making 250,000 a year maybe try it out take a little screenshot real quick and say, you know what, just for the next 90 days, I think I'm going to make this my schedule. Okay. I, you know, before you start any exercise regimen, you should check with your doctor, uh, that kind of thing. But, uh, it, you follow me like, this is not a big deal. Now here's the main problem or a big problem. A lot of people have when they get to this point is they get to this point and I've seen people and their schedules are beautiful. It's all color coded like this. It's all nice. And wonderful i mean it's almost like you want to set up some sort of shrine to it it's so amazing it's almost like it's a deity like it's one of those gods that paul was talking about in greece like this is that thing is beautiful i want to worship this oh so amazing and you don't freaking do it (laughs) so once you got it put together get to work and if it's not working you'll know because you go back to those original questions do i feel like i'm flying by the seat of my pants do I feel guilty when I'm not with my, when I'm working, but I'm not with my family? Do I feel guilty when I'm with my family and not working? Those questions will tell you if your schedule is working for you or not and your bank account. And if those things are not right, we can get it fixed, okay? All right, hopefully that helped. I finished every talk with my contact information because somebody said 20 years ago, they didn't know how to get in touch with me. Uh, and so there you go. Slack is the best way of reaching me, by the way, but otherwise uh, this works as well. Okay, hope that helped.